Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Here's Tom Suter, Pat Hardy from uh, hawkfanatic.com. <laughs> That's fair enough. This is the wrong website. And Coach uh, Don Patterson's on the line. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, Tom. How are you? How's Pat? I'm fine, Don. How are you? It's good. Doing okay. After getting a, a big win over the fight in the line eye, it's always a, always a good day. Yeah, that's true. We've we've dominated those guys in recent years, but Saturday certainly wasn't easy, and Mm-mm. it was a really worthwhile win in so many ways. Hey, I got to ask you, why did Lovey call all those timeouts in that little sequence there at the end of the first half? Uh, good question. I was trying to figure out for sure what we were trying to do with jumping our wings out away from the formation. Uh-huh. Uh, hard to know for sure. That's a question for Kirk, I guess. Uh, it was. It was. Um, let's see. We were on the four yard line, so the best we could have hoped for would have been for them to jump and and get a two yard penalty. Maybe at that point, Kirk was thinking about going for it if we were on the two rather than the four. Uh, I don't know. Um, Lovey m- might have simply been arguing that he, um, you know, he's trying to ice the kicker, but it was a chip shot field goal, yeah. so that doesn't really hold much water. And I know that uh, Kirk had, Kirk and Lovey seem to have a pretty Lovey relationship. They right? had, they seem to get along yeah, well. Kirk seems to have a lot of respect for him. I just thought that was kind of yeah. Lovey's a, he's a great man. He's a wonderful man. I've known him for many, many years. He used to be an assistant at Wisconsin way back in the '80s. I, I don't think our fans probably know that. Uh, so I got to know him back then. I. A little quick story about Lovey. Uh, the Rams always trained at Macomb uh, on our Western Illinois campus, and and one year the Bears came down to scrimmage with the Rams to train with the Rams for two or three days, and I think it was right after they'd won uh, the Super Bowl, and um, of course Lovey was um, um, a big name on campus, so to speak. And when I saw Lovey, I congratulated him on his season, and I said, just so you know, Lovey, to keep you in your place, I'll remind you, I'm the only guy. In all of Macomb, that knows where Big Sandy is, and Big Sandy is Lovey's hometown uh-huh. in East Texas. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, he thought that was the funniest thing that I remembered that he was from Big Sandy. You know, his and na- I don't know that he remembered I was from Blooming Grove. That's about as big as Big Sandy. And, but uh, he's a, he's a wonderful man, and I can see where he and Kirk would get along great because they they both have a lot in common. His real name is Lovey too. That's not a nickname, from what I've read. That's his. I believe that's his birth name. As his mom gave him. Yeah, and, you know, I honestly, honestly didn't even know that. You know, he's just always been loving. That's so. what I've always heard. I didn't. I was not aware it was his official uh, given name. But um, Google that, Captain uh, Canyon. <laughs> was he named after Lovey on Gilligan's Island? Um, doubtful. Doubtful. Kidding. Doubtful. I'll, doubtful. I'll look. <laughs> look it up. But all right. Well, let's get back to serious. Um, I'll tell you, Don. The first quarter. Mm. The difference at quarterback, and I even tweeted it, was stunning. 
but my tweet didn't age very well because something happened with Spencer Petrus about midway through the second quarter. What was it? What, how can you explain the transformation? Well, you know, I, um, the first quarter was about the worst possible start. You're right about that. Our average starting field position on our first three possessions was the 11-yard line. And we had ourselves to blame in many ways. We had a, a holding call or a, uh, a push in the back on a kickoff return. Um, just terrible field position. We had to burn a timeout on our second play, on our first uh, third down of the game, yeah. and sure as hell we'd need it at the end of the half. You know, I, I hate for it's one of my pet peeves is for timeouts to be used when it shouldn't be necessary. Uh, I did read in the paper we had ten guys on the field on on the TV copy of the game. You really couldn't figure out why they burned a timeout. Um, but regardless of that, you know that's a communication mistake that should not happen. Um, after one quarter of play, they had five first downs. We had one. They had 107 yards offense. We had 28. So really, really rocky start. Um, let me share this with you. It reminds me of a game back in 1996. I flashed back on that game at, at the very same point in the Illinois game on Saturday. We were playing Michigan State here in 1996. We were down 17-0 after one quarter. Our first first down was the last play of the first quarter. And that was a conversion on third and extra long. Um, our fans, there were some fans that were booing us, and we deserved it how we, based on how we played that first quarter. Uh, but here's the rest of the story. We're down 17 nothing after one quarter. Final score is Iowa 37, Michigan State 30. Um, and after the game, I got in a little bit of trouble because I mentioned, I said, I said, thank God our players are mentally tougher than our fans because our fans had given up on us, but there wasn't a single player that had given up. And I think you could say the same thing about the Iowa bench on, on Saturday against Illinois. We certainly hadn't given up, and we finally got got the the thing turned around. And uh, It's difficult to overcome that start, but sometimes, and I'm sure it was mentioned to the players on, on the bench on Saturday, uh, through the years I've had a few bad starts as a head coach, and, and I've always reminded the guys the game lasts a long time. You know, we're down, but we're certainly not out. They won the first quarter. Let's see if we can win the next three. And uh, and we did win the next three on Saturday, and and of course in the end we had a routine win. So did the did it seem like the light just went on in Spencer's head and saying, "Hey, I am better than this," and he just buckled down and did what he knew he had to do? Or what's your thoughts? Well, one thing that was obvious from watching the TV tape, even I think it was after that third field um, possession. Uh, when Spencer made a couple of bad throws, for sure, and he came to the bench. And I don't know if you noticed, but Kirk was actually waiting for him when he got to the bench. And yep. Kirk didn't really say much, but I think he simply said, uh, we're going to be fine. Settle down. We're going to be fine. You know, something like that. And uh, and I'm sure teammates were saying the same thing. And and it was almost as if he he did settle down for whatever reason. Uh, only Spencer could explain for sure how it all played out in his mind. But... But uh, teammates helped a lot, that's for sure. I think one uh, new development in the offense that was helpful, uh, we used Wildcat on third and short early mm-hmm. in the game, and we converted a couple of times early in the game with Wildcat. And then later in the game, we used Wildcat again in a four-minute offensive mode, you know, when we're trying to shorten the game and make first downs in the fourth quarter. It was effective in both cases. You know, you put you put um, Goodson back there, and you have a fast guy, whether it be – uh, Smith Marset or or Tracy as one halfback, and then on the other side you have um, Sergeant, you know, who's a very good blocker as well as a good runner. And there's all kinds of options to get the ball wide with one of those halfbacks. 
in the in the Wildcat, and of course you can always keep the ball, pull the ball, and run up inside with Goodson, and that was effective too. Uh, so you know that really is a, a little uh, added dimension to our Wildcat offense to be able to have a speed back there, and of course. Um, uh, number 21 is a possibility, too. Uh, he was back there a snap or two as well. So um, that took a little pressure off of uh, Spencer, I think. And and the bottom line is we had a lot of teammates that started coming through, and Spencer gave them better better balls to catch. I thought he threw seam passes pretty well. well he, we were lucky on one. They did get the – they got both hands on one, one of the throws. The ball went on through, and it changed trajectory a little bit, but Laporta was still able to handle it. So – um, you know, it appeared we settled down at quarterback, but we settled down in other spots, too. Well, that, Our tackles that, in the early part of the game were, were struggling with pass protection. Had a couple of sacks early. Our fullback was beaten early on on a third and long, and, and um, that converted into a, a sack, too. So, bottom line, we just we just kept our wits about us and kept playing. And, and uh, again, if there's one message to learn from that particular game, the game lasts a long time. Just keep playing. We've lost... The first 16 and a half minutes, that's for sure. After after 90 seconds in the second quarter, we're down 14 nothing. Uh-huh. Here's the good news. There's a lot of game left. And, and let's see who wins that. And then and we won that pretty convincingly. And then Spencer also. I mean, it was well documented after the game, and I saw it watching on TV. He went up to his teammates when that, during those when there was 14 to nothing, said, stick with me, stick with me, trust me. He went down the bench. You could see him yeah. going down, and then he talked about it after the game, and I think that was a big – I think that was a big part too. He just said, you know, stick with me, trust with me, trust me, and and they did, and they were rewarded for it. I mean, it was um, it was nice to see uh, uh, Smith, Brandon Smith, have a nice game. Yeah, and I still can't yeah, believe Don. I can't believe that Kirk Ferentz is allowing a running back to make handoffs with the game on the line in the fourth quarter. Not just running the wildcat. Tyler Goodson's doing zone reads. I, and, and that shows right. you, though, Kirk has a ton of trust in him, and I think it shows that Kirk has evolved a little bit. He would never have done that 10 years ago. By the way, well, his I, real name is Lovey, and he was named after his great aunt, Lavana. Okay, okay. That's what I thought. So his, so his real name is Lovey, Don. Glad to know that, because I've made the mistake of calling him that all these years. <laughs> so I'm glad to, know, glad to know it was uh, given to him by his parents. Yes, it was. So just talk about what, how much trust they must have in Tyler Goodson. I mean, obviously he's got the skill set, but the fact that Kirk trusts him with the football in those circumstances. Yeah, and near as I can tell, some of those, some of those Wildcat plays are, are read, read plays, but other plays are just gives, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not reading them all the time, I'm pretty sure of that. But the fact that he's reading any uh, to me is stunning. That Kirk's allowing him to yeah, do that. Yeah, well, he's just a, he's just a pretty heady player, and obviously they give it plenty of practice time, so everybody's comfortable with the offense. My biggest fear a while back, you might recall, was the possibility of a snap going over Goodson's head mm-hmm. uh, because he, he doesn't line up any. He certainly doesn't line up any closer to the center than Petrus, but obviously the ball. It, I'd rather we talked about him maybe scooting up a little bit on snaps just to try to be able to intercept those high snaps that are fine for Petrus, but not for Goodson. So, Dunny, do you think we're going to see Goodson or somebody else throw a pass out of that formation this week? That's one thing I I don't know. I don't have any idea to his passing ability. But as you know, a good example is is Isaiah Williams for Illinois. You know, he's a little guy, but, but there's that element of surprise when he does throw, and he actually threw some decent balls. Um, and um, and for that matter, threw some decent passes against uh, Rutgers too a couple of weeks earlier. 
So, um, yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all to see Goodson throw a pass here as the season wears down, maybe on Saturday. So, Don, what adjustments did Phil Parker make that you could see that, I mean, the Illinois receivers, in the off, they looked unstoppable in the first quarter, then boom, just really nothing. What was he able to do? Well, to be honest with you, you know, one of the first things that came to mind for me, Illinois made a mistake. They were smart. Uh, two consecutive plays in the early stages of the game, they isolated um, Amata Bay. Amata Bay Bay, is that, yeah. I think yeah. that's right, yeah. uh, on Raleigh Moss. Um, one was 25 yards. The next play was a 12-yard touchdown. So that made 14 nothing. Uh, their mistake was not isolating Amata Bay Bay a little bit more often on Riley, and I'm not picking on Riley. It's simply that he's the shorter of the two corners, and it's a size mismatch that's worth going after. Um, I think that was a mistake on the part of the Illini. They didn't do it enough. They should have thrown the ball more to number nine, and um, and they didn't for whatever reason. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily because of anything we did defensively. Uh, I don't think our, our calls changed that much at all. Uh, as the game played out, I, th- I simply think we did a, a better job of getting off blocks, um, a better job of tackling in the open field, um, and um, and of course we had we uh, gained good field position as the game played out. And in the end, we won the field position battle. You know, my goals going into the game were were uh, threefold. One was to be at least even on turnover margin. As you know, Illinois does a great job of forcing turnovers. Uh, I. I mentioned to Kirk, I said, I don't think you have to win on turnovers, but you certainly can't lose on turnovers. So even would be okay. That's exactly what it was. Neither team turned the ball over throughout the game. Uh, number two, uh, have a better average starting field position than Illinois. Uh, the team that had the best field position in Illinois' previous five games had won all five of them. Um, so um, that's um, something we were able to accomplish. In the end, we had uh, five and a half yards per possession, better field position at the end of the game. We'd more than caught up. And then last but not least, to win on critical downs, because that, that parameter was also five for five. Mm-hmm. The team that wins on critical downs wins the game. Uh, here's the good news. We lost on critical downs. Illinois was actually 50%. We were at 38%. So thankfully, we overcame that uh, that disparity. Uh, but we, we did win on field position. We did win on, on uh, all kinds of other parameters. We won on most of the parameters. Let me check and see. We won. Um, Illinois only won on three parameters, but one of them was critical downs. We ended up winning on three, six, nine of the 14. They won three, and we had two ties. So we um, we won a lot of important ones. We won second quarter scoring again. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how often the second quarter winner ends up winning the game. So first quarter points are nice, but the one that relates a little more to winning is second quarter. And now we got a two and two Wisconsin team coming in. Who would have thought and that was even possible? Their offense looked not good at all. So I mean, I've joked around saying if Iowa can't beat Wisconsin this year, they'll never beat them again. I mean, it just seems there for the taking, but that's the danger in it. I'm sure Wisconsin's yep. going to come in here and play. Don, what do you think? I mean, I'm pretty confident, and I'm usually not confident going into an Iowa Wisconsin game. But it's more about Wisconsin. Yeah. What do you think? Well, you know, they, they appeared, I remember way back in the early season, uh, I was against Illinois, matter of fact, in game one. I yes. made the comment, I said, I said Wisconsin was impressive with yeah. how they beat Illinois, but I think Illinois really stunk it up. And I think Illinois would even tell you that they didn't play well against Wisconsin. Uh, in the meantime, of course, I, I, I didn't expect them to 
to uh, lose to Northwestern at that point in the season. I thought that they'd have a great chance to beat Northwestern. I believe they were favored by by Vegas. And then, um, and then last weekend, I wasn't convinced at all that Indiana could go into Camp Randall and beat them, but they did. <clears throat> now, looking at that game, the parameters are dead even. It'll, uh, in Indiana won six parameters. Wisconsin also won six parameters, uh, two ties out of those top 14. But Indiana obviously won those parameters, maybe carried a little more weight. They won on turnovers. That's big, of course. Uh, they won on second quarter scoring, too. Those are two of the biggest. And um, in the end, even though they uh, lost to Indiana, uh, the Badgers are still a dangerous team. You know, mm-hmm. they, they won as many parameters as Indiana did. In that regard, the game was statistically very even. You know, and Wisconsin really couldn't have played much better than they did against Illinois in game one with uh, Mertz as his first start hitting 21 of 22 passes. I think he had five touchdowns. You know, quarterback can't play any better than that. Well, the- yeah, and and I think back to other games. You know, after another uh, forced uh, buy by Wisconsin, they go up to the big house and and look very very impressive against Michigan. Of course, Michigan uh, is not the Michigan of old. Um, you know, even as I was watching Penn State Michigan a week ago, I couldn't help but thinking. Penn State appears to be the better team. And I'll be surprised if Penn State doesn't win this thing, you know, the way yeah. the game was playing out. So Wisconsin's really been up and down, you know. Who's to, it's hard to imagine that Wisconsin would lose uh, to Indiana at home. Of course, they don't have the usual home field advantage, and neither do we this weekend. Uh, but that's a, it's a Wisconsin team that is clearly not as good as, um, as more recent editions of Wisconsin football. I think the most glaring thing is they don't have that stud that running, running back. back. Yep. That running back that they can just ride. I think you're right. Even, even that impressive win against Indiana, I remember mentioning, I'm sorry, against Illinois, game one. Mm-hmm. I remember mentioning at the time one unusual difference about Wisconsin. Their longest run that night was 13 yards. Yeah. Uh, they, don't have, they don't have a first-team all-conference running back back there with them anymore. Uh, the backs are good, but not great. And so uh, that's not the advantage that they normally have when they play. Donnie, did you ever think you'd live to see an Ohio State-Michigan matchup where Ohio State's favored by 23.5 points? It was 30 at one point, I, know. I saw. Well, I just hope that uh, Kirk Herbstreit doesn't lose his job over um, his comment a while back in time. I know that didn't set well, very well with the Michigan people, but I have to admit it did cross my mind. Is Michigan going to be a little more inclined to not be available for the game since they have um, they're, they're going to be a decided underdog, of course, and we all know that if Ohio State can beat them badly, they'll be more than happy to do it. Got it. Mm-hmm. If Michigan would do that, that would be worse than getting destroyed on the field. That would be the that, ultimate. But Well, that's just such poor sportsmanship. They would, they're not going to No, do they wouldn't I, do I that. I would hope to God that they – not to God. They're but competitors. I would hope that they would be a competitor enough to go out there and try to play. Um, Don, I wanted to ask you, did you see the moments after the Indiana game when Tom Allen was doing his interview on the field? And as his players were running off the field, multiple players, black, white, I mean, just came up and hugged him and said – Best coach in the country. You come here. You, it was a real powerful moment. You could tell he was really embarrassed and humbled by it. But did you happen to see that? I did not. But I'm not surprised to hear it. Um, you know, I've always said um, to be effective as a coach, you have to have two things for sure in your favor. You have to be respected by your players. That's for sure. But you also have to be liked. If you're not liked and respected, you're not going to be able to be as effective as you need to be. 
Uh, and he's clearly liked and respected yes. by the Indiana players. I mean, it was a real powerful moment. I mean, like five or six of them came up, you know, skill players, linemen, and it, it was just a really neat thing. And I want to I ask you, Don, um, and I know Barry seems to be pushing this. Let's say Ohio State somehow, they don't play, they don't play this Saturday, and they only have five wins. If, if you had saying it, would you agree with the decision to make an exception with 5-0 and Ohio State and let them in the Big Ten championship game and change that six-game rule? What would your position be on that? Yes, I would. Okay. I would agree with Barry. And explain. Um, and the reasons, are, the reasons are kind of obvious. That sounded good back, back in September when they made that decision, I mm-hmm. guess. But the reality is Ohio State's 5-0. and They've only had one close game, if I'm not mistaken, in those five games. Indiana. And Indiana. That, was to a, that was to a good Indiana team. So um, they do deserve to play. I'd say even at 5-0, and they deserve to play in that championship game. I'm kind of, yeah. Um, Agreed. I agree. And let's face it, it's our only chance to get someone into the Final Four. Yes, and that's how Barry's uh, looking at this. It's a business. Yeah, it is. And honestly, you know, it, it, again, Barry's being a good teammate. It's the best thing for the for the team that would comprise the Big Ten. You know, if we want to think of ourselves as a as a team, then it's the best thing for the team is to give Ohio State a chance to beat Northwestern. And at that point, that six and zero record would, I think, stand up pretty well. You know, based on preseason mm-hmm. rankings and based on fields at quarterback and and um, and let's face it, you know, Ohio State also looked good even without their head coach and. Um, uh, Kevin Wilson's an excellent play caller. Uh, I think he probably calls most of the plays, even if, if Day is on the sideline. And um, and of course, they have a lot of talent on their team, and and they they have a good idea of how to win. So they would certainly represent the Big Ten, um, I think, better than anyone else in that playoff s- system that we're in. Speaking of Justin Fields, he had a um, Trey Sermon had a long touchdown run. And somehow Fields caught up with him in this run, and I don't know why he almost got a clip at the end. He made the last block to get. I mean, it was unbelievable. Fields just never quit on this play. He chased down their own running back and was blocking for him downfield. He would probably. I mean, the Heisman's going to be an interesting vote this year because Fields is going to not have a lack enough gains, maybe. But boy, I mean, you could make a strong case, don't you think? He's one, maybe the best player all over. I thought he's been better than. Lawrence and Lawrence has had his season disrupted. What do you think? Well, Don? that's the problem. Yeah. Is Lawrence hasn't played a whole season. Yeah. What do you think, He's really got deceptive speed. He had a long run, and I think it set up a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he'll surprise you with his speed. He's got good speed. He's an outstanding athlete. I think the, the one um, blip on the radar would be how he played against Indiana. Yes. I think he learned a valuable lesson that day. Uh, he had the mindset, I've got to go out here and make a bunch of great plays. And the he truth of it, it is, you know, you, got, you still got to know your limitations. Little Clint Eastwood there for you. A man's got to know his limitations. If somebody's about to drag you down, you should think twice about trying to throw the pass at Mm -hmm. that point because, you know, you simply don't know for sure where the ball is going to go. And, of course, he he, he threw three interceptions that day. He did. That's uh, markedly different than what he does on any other Saturday. So I think he learned a valuable lesson against Indiana, and he he certainly played better last week as a result. That game will probably – that game and a lack of games will probably cost him any chance of – and I don't even know who I don't follow the I vote for it, but I haven't really. Fo- it's been so hard to follow the who would be your who would be your Heisman pick right now? Well, I've I've watched mostly Brees Hall. Uh, Brees Hall's certainly the, the best running back I've seen. I mean, I Don, I know this is the Hawk fanatic, but just just your thoughts on Iowa State briefly. I mean, yeah, uh, how impressive have they been 
this year. And I keep seeing Matt Campbell's name mentioned with any potential Power 5 job, big time, Texas, that may open up. I mean, what do you think about Iowa State this year? Wouldn't you love to see Iowa play them? Yeah, I would. It would be um, it would be a wonderful game to it see. Would. It's too bad. I mean, you know, I guess a bowl a bowl committee might think about putting that game together. But the only negative, of course, it it might not draw the TV market that they like. They like to have two teams from right. different <clears throat> different regions of the country, of course, to be able to have a better TV audience. So no, I did. I did. You see- might lose a little bit there on TV audience, I guess, if it was Iowa, Iowa State. I did see one projection um, that had Iowa playing in the Music City Bowl, I believe, against North Carolina State, something like that. Yeah, I've seen that. Wouldn't you much rather play U- Northern Isle or Iowa State at the Unidome than go down to? Because all these places, the stadium's going to be empty. You're not going to be able to do any type. There's not going to be any music played down in. Nashville, because there's nothing going on right now because of the pandemic, right, Tom? Yeah, as far as I know. Yeah, I think right right now, I think Iowa State's, uh, you know, they're certainly optimistic enough to think they can. Oh, they got to lose to Oklahoma. Yeah, they got to lose to Oklahoma. I, I <laughs> full, yeah, they have. But if they lose to Oklahoma, Don, they got three losses. They're not going to be in any New Year's Day bowl. No, I'm saying if they lose to Oklahoma, I would, and if Iowa wins out, then I think Iowa could. Then the, I know it's a, I know it's not going to happen. I just I would love to see. It would Iowa, be fun. I would love to see Iowa and Iowa State play this year. I think it would be a hell of a game. Yeah, our, our fans, of course, travel well, and, and Iowa State's fans do too. So, But that doesn't matter, if though. If the stadium was allowed to be full, of course, I think a lot of people would have more interest in yeah. Iowa State, but the fact that the fans can't travel anyway, exactly. Uh, I'm assuming that all these bowl games will have very limited attendance. So um, there's not going to be um, much motivation to bring someone in just because they travel well. I know, and plus, for the fans, if you go like, down. You'd love to go to Nashville if they play. Not not this year. But not this year because you can't. Do I it. would love to go to. But Nashville. are any music venues open where you could? They're all closed, aren't they? I believe they're all closed. So yeah, I, that's the only reason I'm saying this yeah. year is the one year I think that they could f- figure something out. And I think, it would, I mean, what do you think about that matchup, Don? I don't want to put you on the spot, but I mean, Iowa State's really good. I mean, what, what would Iowa have to do to win that game? You know, they they are West Virginia. I thought would give them a real. Me too. Run. I did too. Uh, you know, West Virginia was number one in the conference in scoring defense. Um, they had a couple of outstanding defensive tackles in their front four. Um, you know, they were only giving up 18 points a game. Those are awfully good numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, having now seen the game itself, you got to realize that West Virginia had not yet played Oklahoma. That's mm-hmm. scheduled for next weekend. Yeah. It was a game that had to be rescheduled. And they also obviously hadn't played Iowa State, so they hadn't played two of the very best teams in the league. And I think their stats were a little bit um, a little bit out of whack in yeah. that regard. Also, West Virginia is one of these teams that are really hard to beat at home. They were unbeaten. Uh, at home, and yet they were 0 for 3 on road games before nice. last Saturday. So uh, they're, they appear to be a little different team on the road than they are at home. Is there one thing that impresses you the most about Iowa State? And that's my last question. We'll get back to Iowa. Is if you had to name one thing about watching them, what is it? Well, I like the I like the the uh, diversity in their offense. Their okay. offense, in many ways, is similar to ours. Mm-hmm. You know, they make really good use of tight ends. Of course, they have a running back that can carry it 30 times a game. And that backup running back is also a good player. So they got a really good one-two punch, just like we do at running back. Um, and a lot of similarities in defense. I, John Haycock is an old friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to be the head coach at Youngstown when I was at Western Illinois. Outstanding football coach. Uh, he's done great things with that defense. Uh, they're sound. They're, they're not going to give up many big plays at all. They understand their schemes really well. Uh, they're not going to quit. Um, you know, he's he's a wonderful coach, and 
and um, they have the same kind of quality staff that we do. So they're getting good coaching at all positions and and um, outstanding leadership on the part of their head coach, just like we have from ours. Okay, now shifting back to Iowa, um, what what do you see the keys being? Obviously turnovers and whatever, but is there what? Do you think Wisconsin's going to come in here, load the box, and see if Petrus can keep doing what he did? Or, or are they thinking – are they going to try to make Petrus beat them and just shut down the Iowa running game? What do you think Wisconsin's going to try to do? Well, you know, I think they'll, I think they'll uh, take steps to neutralize our running game, whatever that takes. If, if they don't have to load the box, we're in big trouble uh, because then they can play a lot of standard defense, mm-hmm. pass defense, and – and make it difficult for us to throw with great effectiveness, too. Uh, if they do have to load the box, I think they'll do that. Jim Leonard's an outstanding defensive coordinator. Um, if um, if they have trouble stopping our running game, that's what they're going to do. Uh, they're going to dare us to, to throw the ball and take away our running game, I think. Well, the, the X factor here is weather. Now, I don't know what the weather is for the weekend. This time of the year, of course, the weather could Captain. play into it a lot. Um, but um, I would expect a typical... Uh, Iowa Wisconsin game probably low scoring and and um, probably a one possession game and we'll see who's good enough to pull it out in the end. Well, and I think a lot of it too is going to be the quarterback position because Graham Mertz he was great in that first game of the year, but he's come back down to earth now. Is that fair to say? I mean, I didn't, sure. I didn't watch much of their game Saturday, but they scored six points. I mean, okay, here, here's the weather report for Saturday, folks. Thirty nine is a high. 24 is a low, mostly cloudy, uh, expected to be dry all day. That's, that's, that's about the best we could hope that's for. That's the main thing is dry conditions. If it's, if it's dry and it's not windy, then that's, that's about as good as you can hope for. Yeah, I mean, we're almost in mid-December. I mean, uh, it's, it's amazing. That's, yeah, it's, it's one a th- given that it's going to be cold. That's one thing COVID has not ruined this year. The weather has actually withstood. It has been. I mean, I mean this season weather-wise has been nothing like I envisioned it to be. And now it sounds like, Donnie, they're planning on having the – the championship game, and now I've heard talk that they, the teams that finish second and third may play on the Friday. I think that'd be neat at Lucas Stadium. I think that would be neat too to let the second and third place teams play at Lucas on Friday before. What do you think of that? I think that's a good idea. I think if we could take weather out of it, uh, that's uh, that's smart on our part because you can bet that uh, the weather on the twelfth is probably not going to be as good as the weather on the nineteenth yeah. or on the eighteenth, whatever mm-hmm. the case might be. So even one week can make a difference weather-wise this time of the year. I flash back on 20 years at Iowa, and, of course, we typically finished um, typically we finished the Saturday before Thanksgiving back in those days because we only played 11 games. And I can think of all kinds of horrible weather games mm-hmm. in all those 20 years. And amazingly enough, even in late November and early December, we haven't had them this year. Mm-hmm. So we've been really fortunate yeah. on weather, and, and maybe we can be fortunate at least for one more Saturday. Yeah, no precept. And um, and then the following time, I think that's a great idea to have those games indoors because now no one can blame the weather. No, you're right. And it gives them a reward, I mean, even though they're going to go to Indianapolis and not be able to do anything, but you're still it's, – it's something. And um, So as of right now, we would have the odd uh, statistical anomaly of our last Big Ten game being against Indiana this year and then our first next year being against Indiana. And Michael Penix will probably be healthy by then. Uh-huh. I watched that Indiana backup. He's pre- he didn't have he's great good. stats, but he's pretty. He shows a lot of moxie out there. I mean, that would be a good Iowa Indiana for. And well, this game Saturday is for second place, right? Even though Wisconsin's yes. only played four games, they're playing for the for second place on Saturday, Don. Iowa and Wisconsin. Yeah, that's true. 
And um, yeah, that's true. It's um, it's you know it's it's not what we want. Of course, we can think back to how how um, how the Northwestern game would have played out differently. It certainly could have played out differently. But on that day, they were the better team. You know, we turned it over too many times to count, and and um, Northwestern is has made a good living in recent years about yeah. not beating themselves, and they've done it again this year. But the the Purdue loss, though, is at least we know that Northwestern's good. Purdue's I. They, they're not even good now, and that's the one that I look back at. That's the one that really has kind of tarnished the season. Yeah, their bit. running game is next to nothing, nothing. now. Now, back Horvath uh, hurt us quite a bit, especially in the second half. Mm-hmm. And and yet here recently, I've seen Purdue's running game is maybe single digits for a game. It's certainly not certainly not triple digits. No. It's certainly something less than a hundred yards per game at this point. And of course, they throw the ball well, but they. They've been marginal on defense, and they've been losing games with alarming regularity here lately. We didn't cover David Bell, and we didn't tackle Horvath, and that equals loss. And Spencer didn't play real well. No, no, he didn't. Yeah, and um, I'll tell you, Don, Jeff Brown's making a lot of money, and they went (laughs) they went four and eight last year. And they're I'm not saying I don't he. He's got to start winning there. I mean, they're they've kind of hit a a rut here. I mean, what are they now? Two and four, I believe they're two and four, and they were four and eight last year. Or are they two and five? Are teams yeah, figuring him out? What what's going on? Are teams starting now, to fi- David David Bell's only a sophomore, I guess. Is that right? He's yes. only a sophomore, but Rondo Moore, my guess, will be gone after this year. Bell's yeah. only a sophomore. Yeah, I really thought he would give him more of a lift than he has. You know, he's such a good player. Uh and he's he's had decent effectiveness, but for whatever reason he hadn't been quite as explosive or quite as dynamic as he was a year ago i guess they have a five-star quarterback coming in but that's the one thing that's been they have not been able to sign like big-time quarterbacks but but yeah purdue would be if i had to list i mean it'd be easy to list i mean michigan penn state but i think purdue's been sort of as after beating a big disappointment i think they've been a big disappointment this year and that makes that iowa loss look even but like kirk says you can't and wisconsin as well yeah, and Wisconsin as well. Now, I will say, Wisconsin, well, so they've been rocked by COVID, but yeah. what do you think of the fact that Iowa's played all seven games, Don? What, I mean, who deserves credit for that? I mean, some of it's probably luck, but doesn't that mean that they got a pretty good protocol going on over there on how to at least contain this virus? Yeah, and I think the protocol is going to only be as effective as the as the, what the players do on their own free time. Mm-hmm. You I know, so I give a lot of credit to the players. I think they've made a lot of good choices. Um, after hours, and um, obviously some other teams have run into uh, a lot more problems than we have. I think, what, there's only maybe 30 teams nationwide that haven't had to cancel a game. Maybe it's less than that by mm-hmm. now, maybe 20 teams. Yeah. And, and um, both uh, both us and Iowa State are two of those teams. Yep. So it really, really speaks well to the leadership. It, it speaks well to, to the support of the program, you know, on all on all levels. And um, – and primarily, it speaks well for the kids that they've yeah. been able to to do things the right way on and off the field. Yeah, so a lot of it's just personal responsibility, taking care of mm-hmm. your own business, and because the coaches can't be around them all the time. And I give them a lot of credit because, like I said, they had Kirk said they let their guard down a little bit in the summer when the season got canceled because they they got a little complacent. But no, they've been really on top of it, and that's. I mean, they're getting ready to play eight games, and man, I remember thinking in here we'd be lucky to get five games. Yeah. In. So, so getting back to the Illinois game, I mm -hmm. just think this is kind of comical to bring it up. But first time I've ever seen this, a backup place kicker as the punt returner. That was weird. Weren't you a little amazed to see kind of an unusual build back there fielding punts? And I don't think he had any kind of 
he was any kind of threat to advance a punt, but he he's very sure-handed and he's back there filling all their all their punts, all of our punts, I should say. Uh, that was odd to see a, a player that had a, an unusual frame, I'll say, for a for a punt returner. That was different. And speaking of our punter, he continues to terrific. Continues to just do. I mean, his ability to pin him deep. He just never seems to get off a bad punt. Rarely, I can't. It's hard yeah. to remember one. Uh, I, it's hard to remember a bad punt by Tory Taylor so far. He's been huge this year. That's true. You know, so often you see a guy that slices the ball out of bounds for uh, a net of 18 yards or something, but that hadn't happened. And, of course, when you have those corner kicks, yeah, there's always the potential. Um, that's one reason we we had a tendency, if we could, to always, if you had a right-footed punter, you're better off punting to the coffin corner to the left because then if you miss it a little bit, it simply goes into the end zone. You know, and okay. it's not what you want, but you're better off punting to the left as a right a right-footed punter because if you miss it, it'll go into the end zone. If you're punting to the right and you miss it, of course, now it's going to go out of bounds for a, a net of 12 or 14 yards. So that's what you're concerned about when you're right-footed and you're punting to the right coffin corner. There's always a um, th- – I'd recommend you always favor punting to the left unless, of course, you're on the right hash. You're not going to maybe do it at that point. Speaking of punting, uh, but well, uh, how much fun was it to watch Reggie Roby punt like just – during the four years he was with the pro, because I have I've heard stories of people saying they just you, you just sometimes you just find yourself just watching him instead of that the ball the 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 ball just sounded different he just was mesmerizing was it really like that Don Yeah I think I think some some people simply showed up early for pregame just to watch Reggie punt <laughs> Oh I know they did because yeah. they knew once the game started he wasn't going to punt that often we we had pretty productive offense we never asked Reggie to pooch punt either uh-huh. he always had a long field. Uh, he still holds the NCAA record of 49.8. And that's a record that may never be broken. I always said this about Reggie. I, you could be blindfolded and listen to 10 college punters punt, and you would identify Reggie because the ball made a different sound coming off of his foot than the other nine. And, he pun- and his punts were high, too. It wasn't just long. He just kicked the hell out of the ball. Yes, he did. And Hayden, I remember Hayden telling me multiple times that Taking taking advantage of the defensive players that were there when you guys got there, Don, and then going out and getting Reggie Roby were the two building pieces to get into the Rose Bowl. Those were two things that I mean, Hayden used to say a lot yeah. of times. Reggie Roby was huge in getting to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I do remember too. I flashed back on our first Peach Bowl, nineteen eighty-two. Mm-hmm. They had a guy you all remember by the name of Willie Galt. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I know the I know the game plan, and I think he might have carried it out. The game plan, I remember Coach Fry telling Reggie, Reggie, this game, your goal is to punt the ball off the field every time. We do not want Willie Galt returning a punt. And I think I think Reggie might have gotten that done. We certainly didn't have many punts that stayed on the field. His goal was to is to barely put the ball off the field. And, of course, by barely putting it off the field, you were getting as much distance as you could and yet still not allowing them to return it. And I think that was one key to us being able to beat beat a good Tennessee team that day. Yeah, I just, I mean, Reggie Roby, God rest his soul. It's hard to believe he's been gone for uh, too long. That's That's kind of, yeah, but okay, let's get back to, um, all right, Donnie, you're, um, how confident are you, um, before we wrap up, how, I'm, I'm pretty confident about this Wisconsin game. I really am. And I just, uh, how about you? Where are you right now? You know, I, uh, I've learned this this year. You know, you have games that surprise you every weekend. Mm-hmm. We might be surprised this weekend with our game against the Badgers. I don't think so. As I mentioned to you, I think both teams have enough experience so that they're not likely, neither team's likely to lay an egg. 
it'll probably be a, a, a one-score game. And I feel good about our chances. I felt good about our chances in recent years, and yet we come up short against the Badgers. That's more to their credit than to our mm-hmm. blame, I'd say, uh, because there's great effort on both sides of the field. Uh, in this series, it's a, it's a there's a trophy involved again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot, a lot, a lot riding on it. Even though you can argue that we're only playing for the privilege of calling ourselves second best, but still, there's so much pride on the part of the players, and and they've they've committed to to working hard and and knowing that they're not going to get to play a 12 game schedule. Here here we are being fortunate to play eight games mm-hmm. in our regular season. So I think it's going to be a great game and. One that uh, people would be wise to watch. I don't think it's. I think it might end up as one of the one of the classic games that we often have against the Badgers. That maybe comes down to that very last possession. Well, we haven't beaten them at Kinnick for twelve years. I think it's time. John Greenjew, right? Yeah, I think so too. Yep. I think so too. Uh, you know, let, let me mention a couple of things about the game uh, that come to mind. I give I give Kirk credit here. One key uh, decision in the game. Is for us to go for it on fourth and three. Uh, we're down fourteen nothing. We're we're um, things haven't really gone very well for us. Fourth and three. We're on the thirty-three yard line. It would have been a long field goal, but one that we probably could have made. But the problem with fourteen to three, if we even kick the thing, is we're still eleven points down. It's still a two-score game, and for that matter, it's not even a very easy two-score game. You know, if you're down by eleven, you need eight points on one possession and three on another. So even if you, even if the game uh, is low scoring the rest of the game, it's not easy to score a touchdown and convert for two. Uh, so I was glad that Kirk went for it in that spot. We have a, a stop route to Smith-Marset for 11. And on the very next play, we hit the play action scene to Laporta for the touchdown, and uh, we're on our way. Um, we did have a missed opportunity. You might remember there was another overthrow. Smith Marset on a go route versus press coverage. He beats the corner. Uh, it's overthrown not by much, but by a little bit. That's a difference of four points because we kick a field goal rather than get a touchdown. Um, other missed opportunities. Uh, Dane Belton had a chance for a, a pick, couldn't yes. quite control it. Mm-hmm. That might have been a touchdown. Let's. T- I think we're wrong if we don't talk a little bit. Things to work on. We did not handle. Um, the two-minute offense well at the end of the half, obviously. Um, Poor clock management before the half. We have a seam that gives us first and goal at the four. There's 30 seconds on the clock. I'm still upset that we only have one timeout left because we shouldn't have had to burn the one early in the game. Uh, But before we even snap the ball again on first and goal, we use our last timeout. That is a mistake. There's two things you can do, both of which are better than burning the timeout before you snap the ball. You can either quickly call a play while the chains are moving, run or pass, whatever you want to call, and that's that's got to be on the quarterback, of course. Maybe a quick signal from the bench as to whether you want to run or throw the ball. Just get a play called quickly because the clock's not going to start, of course, until the chains are moved. So if you snap the ball right then um, without taking that timeout, you obviously are a threat to run the ball or throw it. Either one might have produced a touchdown. Uh, the fact that we burned the timeout, now we've got first and goal still, but now we now it's kind of obvious to everybody, we got to think long and hard about running the football because if we get tackled short of the goal line, we all know how long it takes to unpile and get lined up again. So that's one option is call a play and run it. And then, of course, if we don't score, you can take the timeout after the first down attempt. Um, another option would be simply spike the ball to save the timeout 
Now you you burned it down, but there's not a whole lot of clock left anyway. At least on second down and third down, you would be a threat to to run or pass. Uh, obviously, if you run the ball on second down, you've got to burn the timeout if you don't score. But you still got a third down attempt before a field goal. Either one of those would have been better than burning the timeout before we snapped the ball again. Uh, so it's unfortunate. We kind of put ourselves in in a box by by having to throw the ball since we, we ran out of timeouts before we ever snapped it on first and goal. So that's something to work on is better clock management. Um, so how much of that do you mind? Special mention for a couple of players. Let's let's give credit. Uh, Golston and Van Valkenburg again. I want to give credit to Merriweather. I don't even yes. know how many tackles he made in the game, but I remember two absolutely outstanding tackles in the open field. Um, and those are, as you know, those are more difficult to make. Um, Got to cite the tight ends. First touchdowns for Laporta and Byer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, as you mentioned, courageous catches by Brandon Smith. You know, he, he knows he's going to get hit on some of those balls, and he's still going to catch them. Uh, and smith Marset, of course, figured more into the offense, too, with, with both run and pass. So mm-hmm. lots of good things happened. You know, we finished the game. Bottom line, you finished the game with more momentum or less momentum than what you had. Mm-hmm. Uh, we finished the game with more momentum, and now we do have some momentum going into into the showdown with the Badgers. Well, I mean, they could have fallen apart when they were behind 14 to nothing. Yep, and they didn't. Petrus was playing horrible, and then he got got his act together, and now, now I give him credit. Well, hopefully we'll be talking about a victory a week from now, Donnie. I, I, like I said, this is about as confident as I've felt going into a Wisconsin game, but you still got to play him, and the Badgers, I'm sure, are going to come here and play hard and play well. Let me, let me give you guys a, a, a little adage that I like. I was down watching Texas at Kansas State a couple of three years ago. And K-State was having a rough game. This is Bill's last year. And uh, I was down on the sidelines because that's where I'd rather be than, than up in the press box with with um, Coach Snyder's wife, Sharon. So, and Lisa, Lisa was upstairs, but I was down on the bench. And um, it was 19 to nothing right before the half. And it was kind of obvious that uh, there was actually some quarterback controversy because Bill wanted to go with one quarterback and, and the offensive coordinator wanted to go with the other quarterback. Well, the... The guy that started the game is the one that Bill wanted to start the game, of course, and he didn't respond very well. And uh, so the other guy, Skylar Thompson, who it is, who still started for them this year until he was injured. So Skylar's kind of getting warmed up at the end of the half, and I was down on the bench anyway, and I walked over to Skylar, and I said, Skylar, you don't know me, but I used to coach quarterbacks at Iowa, and I used to coach with Coach Snyder for many years. And um, I just want to ask you one question. And he said, what's that, Coach? And I said, do you know how to eat an elephant? And he looked at me like, what are you talking about? And I said, uh, you know what the answer is, of course, one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he said, no, I don't, Coach, and I said, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. And the reason I'm telling you that, it's obvious you're going to play the second half. Uh, here's the bad news for you. When you go on the field in the second half, you can't engineer a 19-point scoring drive. I said, all you can get is six. And um, so my advice to you is just move the chains, just keep making first downs. Before you know it, you'll be in the end zone. And now you'll have it down to a two-score game. And then when you do it again, you'll have it down to a one-score game. And then you can win the game. Uh, and that's exactly what happened in the second half. It, it became 19-7. It then became 19-14. And Texas hung on to win. But the point is, Kansas State gave themselves a chance to win the game mm-hmm. simply because they ate that elephant one bite at a time. And that's kind of what we did against Illinois. Mm-hmm. We're down 14, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of game left. Yeah. And the players didn't panic. Uh, although I'm sure they were a little nervous, but they didn't panic. And in the end, the best team won. 
it's kind of hard to kind of hard for the best team not to win as you play 60 minutes True. with an all-out effort and that's what we did uh, they won the first uh, 16 and a half minutes but we won the the next 43 and a half so um it ended up being a routine win when no one would have predicted that in the second quarter. So, Don, did I read that Texas-Kansas State score right for this past week? Did Texas really beat them 69-31? to Yeah, they did. I heard a comment about Tom Herman in the somewhere I read it on the Internet, and they said one of Tom Herman's um, problems is that when he has to have a big win, he tends to maybe get the team ready differently than before, and they tend to come through for him. Um, but the obvious question is, well, why not play like that all the time? Yeah. Why not? You know, why not? I mean, they were clearly playing like their, like their uh, coach's job was at stake, and I guess it. I guess it is. I guess it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. K State's had a lot of injuries and had a lot of illness. I think so. I don't know how good K State's kind of really faded here in the late season. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how good K State is at this point. But Texas obviously uh, played with a purpose and and. Um, and I don't know if Urban Meyer wants to coach football again. I say Tom Herman's in trouble if that's the case. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, but yeah. I'm not sure that Coach Meyer wants to wants to do that. You know, there's some health issues there that relate to him. I think probably. And um, and let's face it, he's making pretty easy money on TV, so that's not a bad way to go either. So let's say he does, Let's say they do get rid of Urban, and Urban says thanks but no thanks. Do you think they go after Matt Campbell? Do you think he would be like that high up on a list for a school like Texas? You know, it's funny you mentioned that. One time it happened with me. I was at Western Illinois, and Illinois State opened up, and I got a call from the AD at Illinois State, who I had known for a long time. And um, he was calling up asking about Mark Hendrickson, my uh, offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even before he asked about Mark, he said, he said, Coach, I know what the answer is. You know, I- I'd love to ask you to be our coach, but I don't want to ask you to do that because I know you'll turn me down. And I said, you're exactly right. The thing I would never do is coach for another team in the same league. Okay, yeah. I would not leave Western Illinois to coach at Illinois State. I don't care how much money you paid me because that would be wrong to do that to Western Illinois. And for that reason, I don't know that Matt Campbell would go to Texas. Okay. Uh, I think he'd certainly be happy to coach in Columbus, Ohio, if they gave him that opportunity someday. But anything short of Ohio State, I'm not sure that he would take it. Uh, he's he's coaching, I think, for all the right reasons. He's not doing it for the money. He's been fortunate enough to make good money at Iowa State, but but I I think maybe the only job he'd really love to have that he doesn't have is maybe the one in Columbus. And I think if if Harbaugh leaves Michigan, I've heard that they're that. Matt Campbell's going to be high up on their list, too. So it'll be interesting to see. I personally hope he stays at Iowa State because if he stays there, to me, that just makes Iowa have to be, you know, better. I mean, if Matt Campbell, I mean, it's going to – it's in-state recruiting is a little different right now. Iowa State's got a lot to sell, so I think that'll just force Iowa to have to, to stay aggressive and stay good. Yeah, I think, I think one indication of, of Matt Campbell, what kind of person he is, uh, this year when they had the – all the coronavirus problems and all the budget problems at Iowa State. I remember all the coaches, I think, took a 10% hit, as I recall, on their salary. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what's interesting about that. That salary that salary cut for those coaches, I'm talking about assistant coaches, mm-hmm. it amounted to about half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Guess what Matt Campbell did? He took half a million of his dollars and gave them to his coaches. Those coaches did not suffer a pay cut. Uh, he took the hit himself, and that tells you something about the man. Mm-hmm. You know, he recognizes I'm, uh, he's obviously very loyal to his staff. He's very loyal to those players. Uh, I'm not saying he won't leave, but 
Um, there better be a lot of good reasons for him to do so because he's he's built a good program at Iowa State. Same with Tom Allen at Indiana. I would say those he's are, been amazing. Those are two of the best coaches out there right now. Yep. Tom Allen and Matt Campbell. I would say that. And well, well, Donnie, this Tom, you got anything else? Nope. We appreciate your time, Coach, and uh, it's time to beat the Badgers. Always a pleasure, guys, and let's find a way to get it done. All right, Donnie. We'll Amen. talk to you next Monday. Thanks, Donnie. Yep. Take care. Bye bye. Well, let's take a real quick break, and then we'll be back, and there's still plenty of time for this thing to go off the rails. 1-800-800-ROSE. 1-800-800-ROSE. Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. 1-800-800-ROSE. It's so easy. Just remember one number. 1-800-800-ROSE. Your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROSE. Remember... For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. As for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate, one of us is always there. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. see the same people there greeting you, and they know you. I think of my cell phone. There's not a big distinction there from family to customer. Deary Ford in Iowa City. That kind of relationship that goes deep. Taking care of you, taking care of your vehicle. It's just that growing list of friends, frankly, that uh, that's kind of been the big payoff for me. The ownership experience is going to be four or five plus years. We have to be there for you. Deary Ford in Iowa City. See why people choose them over and over again. DearyFord.com. GT Car, owner of Supel Siding and Remodeling, offers service and quality that is unmatched in the area. At Supel Siding and Remodeling, their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done. Regardless of the project, Supel Siding and Remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service. Whether it's a window replacement, a kitchen remodel, or a house addition, our employees are committed to quality. Visit sales at suples.net or call 337-2246. Car won't steer? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair work in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs. Brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventive maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't steer, See Premier Automotive in North Liberty. Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. 
It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319-390-3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit DiamondDentalPC.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental team provide superior care for your entire family. Hi, this is Steve Anderson with Hawkeye Title and Settlement in Iowa City. Whether it's a crazy real estate market, record low interest rates, or the COVID-19 virus, we are living in unprecedented times. But know that my remarkable team at Hawkeye is literally working around the clock and in unique and adaptable ways to try to make every deal close smoothly and on time. We appreciate your understanding, patience, and flexibility as we power through this tough time. We're going to get through this together. Hey, everybody. It's Kevin here from Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your local TV expert. And I want to tell you about Dish TV. If technology, value, and customer satisfaction are important to you, then it's time to cut the cable cord once and for all. Upgrade your TV experience and start saving with Dish today. Drop by Big Dog Satellite and Solar on Blairs Ferry Road in front of Rockwell. Call 3950800 or visit us on the web at BigDogSatellite.com. We are Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your locally operated and trusted satellite tv experts deer season is upon us and dirk sterner taxidermy of lone tree is ready for over 30 years owner dirk sterner has been providing affordable top-notch taxidermy services to eastern iowa dirk sterner taxidermy invites you to visit their facebook page and see some of dirk's award-winning mounts call dirk sterner taxidermy at 319-330-1774 319-330-1774 or visit them on facebook at Dirk Sterner Taxidermy. Deer season is upon us, and Dirk Sterner Taxidermy is ready. Hi, this is Bill Eichsring of the Oxyoke Inn. Our doors are open again. Although the way we serve you is different, we're still here and ready to welcome you. We've learned a lot about keeping you and our staff safe. What hasn't changed is our commitment of trust to you and your family. Our Oxyoke family is ready to take care of you in our four dining rooms with the same quality of food, attention to detail, and customer service you've come to trust for the past 80 years. Those values are now more important than ever. Now serving family style, breakfast Saturday, and Sunday with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. Don't forget, you can still order curbside carryout and take the comforting taste of the Oxyoke home with you to share at your family's table. Visit Oxyokin.com, Instagram, or our Facebook page for menu and weekly specials. From our Oxyoke family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon, and we'll be glad you're here at the Oxyoke Inn in the heart of Amana. The from the Hurtine and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hurtine and Stalker Jewelers, making memories, making moments. KCJJ Weather brought to you by the Iowa City Burger Hall on the Ped Mall. Here is your KCJJ forecast. We may catch a stray flurry or two right away this morning. Otherwise, it's going to be mostly cloudy today. Our high right around 40 this afternoon. The wind northwest at 5 to 10.
Tonight, partly cloudy. We'll drop to 25. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, 44. Wednesday's looking fantastic. Sunshine, 55. On Thursday, partly cloudy, 52. Then a little rain and snow and cooler temperatures as we head into the weekend. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Currently, it's 34. Hawkfanatic.com. It's back. All right, we are back. Thanks to Donnie Patterson for joining us. Uh, He's great. Pat and I were just talking that this is what a huge week in Iowa sports this is and how the virus couldn't have been timed worse. we got North Carolina coming in. Uh, we got two games against Iowa State, and we've got Iowa versus Wisconsin, and we, nobody can go see it. It's going to be all see any of them. basically empty arenas. Yeah. It's what a shame. It sucks. It does suck. Yeah. This whole thing sucks. But... So we got, uh, now is North Carolina, is that tomorrow or Wednesday? Tomorrow. I think 635. And so then they, Iowa State is, God, that's like eight on Friday. Isn't that eight on? It's a weird, yeah, it's late. Tyler's covering that one. He's taking one for the team. Because that's going to be, it's going to be a busy 24 hours. You go from the late basketball game, then you got football the next day. And that's 235, but they still haven't picked the network, right? We're st- it's one of Aren't they down to two? It's either Big Ten or FS1. When will they decide that? Today? P- probably. Yeah. Haven't decided. I'd rather have it be Big Ten because it just seems like it's a few less timeouts. Yes. Fox sports timeouts. Oh, are, my God. They're just awful. And I've had goals that have lasted shorter than some of those TV timeouts. Those four-minute ones are just killers. I mean, they are. Terrible. But, but you got to pay the bills. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's Boy, especially this year, it's... Uh, Tell you what, though, Twitter, at the end of the first quarter, my t- Twitter line was just bombarded with people saying, bench him, he's terrible, you got to bench him, you got to bench him, you got to bench him. And I don't think Kirk was ever close to benching him. I mean, well, partly because they're, you know. Well, fans are fans. I mean, they won, don't. They've won four games in a row. Well, fans people, are knee jerk. And people bring up Bethard, Christian, different, completely different. Bethard was a fourth year junior, and the 14th season ended in a disaster. Stanzi was a third-year sophomore, and Christensen had failed to get them to a bowl game their previous year, all year as a starter, and had played poorly in the two games that he started in 08. So they gave the – Spencer needs more time based on how Kirk has done things in the past. And mm-hmm. I also believe that the gap between Spencer and the other two is bigger than what some fans want to acknowledge. Well, it, right it must be. It has to be. Yeah. We're not there in practice. It has to be. Well, and we finally, finally saw – uh, what the probably what the coaches are seeing in practice, what Spencer can throws. do. Yes, he made he some did. big time throws in the second quarter. He just sure suddenly did. the light went on. Those throws, that throw to touchdown throw to Byer in the corner there, where he floated the ball into a, a tight. That was a great throw. That was a Chuck Long type throw. Then the seam pass to the other tight end Laporta. That was a, another was good throw. So yeah, he you could see him grow. And the other thing with Spencer, I, and I think it's important, you can tell his teammates like him. You can tell he seems very liked by his teammates and respected and admired, and that's what you want from your quarterback. I think they want him to succeed. It's not like they're hoping somebody else gets in there. I think they want him to be their guy. Well, and we're going to need to see a similar effort out of him Oh yeah, this, they, sat- it, this Saturday we're not going to win. If he struggles and they lose, the bench, it'll be back. Hey, yep. it's time to drop a deuce or whatever. That's, or time to go to the portal. Yeah, a portal, yeah. Drop I just deuce. like saying drop a deuce. Just like that show that you guys watch, Shit's Creek. I yeah. like saying that. Yeah. yeah. Hello. And I can say it without getting fined, right? Right. Shit's Creek. Yeah. Well, we could fine you. <laughs> Hello. 
You know, do you guys remember a quarterback back in 1989 that drove Hayden Fry crazy because of his poor decision making? Matt Rogers. He stuck with him. another number seven, Matt Rogers. Yeah, yeah, and Matt his Rogers. Numbers were, his numbers were a lot worse. His that in 1989 than Petrus's was. Matt Rogers also got. And, uh, he also they got booed off the field in the last game of the year against Minnesota. They lost like 43 to seven. And I remember listening to Matt Rogers on the post game saying, "Man, I can't believe you guys are booing us. I mean, this is Hawkeye football. We're going to learn from this and boy, Next year they came back and they won the Big Ten. No, you're right. Good. That's a good reference. Yeah. Thanks. Yep, yep, they did. They yeah, Iowa good. started that year, I believe, with a huge, embarrassing loss to Oregon, and then they ended it by getting pounded at home to Minnesota, I believe, in '89. And Matt, or in '89, and that was Rogers' first year as the starter. And I remember him on the radio saying, "We don't appreciate this, but we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna learn from it. We're gonna use it as motivation." And they did. Hello. Before the end of the first half, when we were back to receive the punt. Didn't anybody think that hit was targeting or a personal foul? I know he didn't call for a fair catch. No. I but don't. He was looking in the air. I he didn't got hit think hard. I didn't think of that it was targeting, but it was sure a heck of a hit. I'm surprised that he, he got up. He, yeah, yeah, but he had his head in the air looking for the ball. He was unprotected. And he, the guy put his head down and hit him in the chest. I just couldn't believe it. It was I mean, uh, quite a hit. Well, the fact that he hit him in the chest yeah. is probably what saved him from targeting. That's right. Saying. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Man, that was nasty. You know, he got up. One tough cookie. He is, yeah. It's not easy returning punts. Thanks. No. And he's been a, a great find as a punt returner. Well, and the one where he bobbled the punt, the guy hit him way too early. Way I mean, too early. Way yeah. too early. I mean, and that I think that's the hit this guy's talking about. Is that what he's about. talking about? Yeah. Okay, okay. Because there was another close one, but yeah, that was way too early. And I mean, obviously they were penalized for that. I saw an NFL game yesterday where the same guy did it twice, and it led to a big bench clearing brawl. This guy just rammed this punter illegally twice, hit him before he had a chance to. Obviously, you see it happen once, but to have the same guy do it twice, and he didn't get kicked out of the game. The people who fought got kicked out of the game. It was interesting. So, yeah, no, returning punts, that's why it's amazing how easy Tim Dwight made it look. He made everything look easy. He was just such But he was a, a better talent. punt returner than a better receiver. He was. Yeah, I mean, he, he, was. Was a, he was a good receiver, don't get me wrong, but he had to learn how to be a receiver. He was a running back who learned how to be a receiver. I, the only reason Tim moved from running back, he was, wasn't big enough. Yeah. I think Tim ideally would have preferred to be a running back. Hello. Hello. What kind of game do you expect out of us tomorrow? With, uh, uh, um, North Carolina. How good are they? Uh, they're tall. They're tall. They got a great front line. Kind of crash the boards. Inexperienced on the backcourt a little bit, but I mean, I I don't know. I I, I think I was going to win. I I, I, do too. I think they're. I, I don't. Well, it's here, so. This is not a great North Carolina team. This is not like uh-uh. this is not a premier North Carolina. It's good, but I I think Iowa will win. But well, I would, would I be stunned if they lost? No, I'm not at all. I mean, no. so we'll see. I'm not sure what to make of North Carolina right now. Let's do and do you think Gonzaga is going to be over there? No. COVID by the time we play. Yeah. We were just talking. My guess is if I had to guess, I don't think they'll play because what if two players, what if like three days from now somebody else in there, that pushes everything back, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's hanging in the balance whether Iowa plays them or not. I, it's too early to say, but I'm not real optimistic. Are you, Tom? I, I will have to say the COVID is just, it's just so capricious. And I mean, it's it really be, is. I was looking anxiously to see the, them play Baylor to see what that was like. Yeah, a lot of people were. Yeah. Been a heck of a game. And then if they so. do play Iowa, they're going to play after, what, not having a game for, what, almost three weeks? 
I mean, it's just, it's already well, the press is it's saying, too bad. The press is not buying that they only have two out there. They're saying uh-huh. that they have more because the campus has more and if you extrapolate well yeah and like if what i'm saying is if more positive tests emerge over these next few days it'll just push everything back to where they're already out until the 14th right i think that's right yeah yeah so um, we'll see i mean i guess you never say never but don't assume anything during these strange times well that's true it's too bad we can't go and watch some of this like this yeah it is during the lick lighter season, we had to sit and watch a lot of stuff when we were there. And now we have this great basketball team and this great wrestling team, and here we are at home just the, watching, the watching dif- them on the TV difference, or listening to it on radio. The difference is, during the lick lighter, we wanted to kill ourselves, and <laughs> we, we, did, we don't want to die now. It's a, that's a difference. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Carl. <laughs> I didn't even have to bring up Luke Lighter this time. So, Carl. yeah, I, I, I kind of expect us to win tomorrow. And but I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. No. Just like I wouldn't no. be surprised if they lost to Wisconsin. I would be surprised no. if they lose to Iowa State on first. I would Iowa be State's not very good. Nothing short of shocked Iowa if State. we lose to Iowa State. Iowa State's not very good. No. From what I've watched, they're just not I mean, good. the women could lose to oh, Iowa State. Oh, yeah, and Ashley Jones will be a big reason why. If they yes. Do. She is. She is incredible. Yes, she is. Hello. Now, didn't they say in the first Iowa men's basketball uh, show, I mean, the, the, right before the game, that at least seven, if not more, Iowa ball players have already had COVID? Well, they yes. never said. Um, Jordan Bohannon was the one in his podcast said it was seven, including himself. So, yeah, half the team has had it. Uh, but we don't know that that means that they can't get it again either. No, and, and Iowa's yeah, never come out with an official count. That was Jordan Bohannon who just said that on his podcast. Okay. All right. Thanks. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm not real optimistic that the Gonzaga game is going to be played. I hope it is. I you mean, know, this we don't know that the Iowa-Wisconsin football game is going to be played either. We don't true. know. I mean, it, it's just... Hell, it, North Carolina could show up at their hotel tonight here. Po- po- somebody test positive, game's off, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Isn't that how it would be? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yes. So you just don't assume anything right now. Just prepare for anything. No, that's right. And I'm afraid this whole season is going to be like that, and you got to be glad when any games are played. And, boy, if you're a player, go out and give it your all because, you, as Gonzaga found out, you don't know when you're going to play again. And it's going to be tough because Gonzaga, if they do play, will have not have played, like I said, for almost – they will have missed four games. Yes. It's just, it's just unfortunate. It is. Hello. You know, when we were making our picks at the beginning of the season and we had to pick where the losses were, yeah. does that count in our picks? Because, And I say it because I picked 6-2 and two with, and not playing the Wisconsin game. Would that, uh, would that would I win if, I, if, uh, if we you didn't play the Wisconsin game? It, it depends how many games you got right. It's, but you not, could, you had it's to, not the record. It's how many games you get you pick right. And you would have to have picked 5-2 and oh. two if, if you didn't pick them to play Wisconsin because yeah, that would be the eighth game. No, you're right. I remember. I the right game. Yeah, I remember yeah. you doing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, if you didn't pick the right games, yeah. then you you can't win. Yeah, I picked five and three, right. but I'm I'm. I did too, and but I've missed wrong. most of the games. Yeah, mine are all wrong, almost all of them. All right, wrong. thank you. Thanks. Yep. I had them losing to I had them losing to Penn State. I had them losing to Wisconsin. I had them losing to Minnesota. And I had them losing to Minnesota. Yeah, we had the same thing. Yeah. So, so and, and we were both wrong. Yep. Frequently. What did I do? I don't remember. Can't remember. 
You had him going eight and zero, I think. And you kept screaming, <laughs> "Bring on Alabama!" during the whole show. Remember that? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I do. There you go. So, but but yeah, it's just this is this is a weird week. There's so much going on, and it's going to be in empty arenas. Yeah, yeah. And it's just unfortunate. I know some fans are Carbell, Iowa State gets almost fifteen thousand fans. In Trice and Iowa, can't get anybody. I mean, do you, is there? Do you blame people for that, or I mean, no, I don't know. It's just different approaches, and I don't think one's wrong and the other's right. I, but you got to respect both approaches. Now, I do worry if fifteen thousand. I guess you can spread them out in Cyclone Stadium, but I mean, I think they're taking a risk a little bit, don't you? Well, but they, the spikes haven't seemed to have have been there. Well, they haven't done it yet, though, so you can't say. Well, didn't they just have a two weeks ago have fifteen thousand people? I there? thought I thought they were going to do that for this, for the, the game. I don't think it was two weeks ago, was it? I, I, I thought so. See, I, I thought I thought I just okay, read it. Well, la- you won't see the spike if it's too. If it well, it's still too early, early for the spike, but I thought yeah. it was the game. I thought it was just this last most recent game that they did this. I didn't realize they did, but yeah, it still would be too early. I don't think we would know, but. And I know they're outside and they're spreading them out, but I still think you're taking a chance mm-hmm. if this virus is what they keep saying it. Now yes. I know the people all oh, hoax, cry, hide. I get all that, you know, you know the the patriots telling me to hide and be afraid yeah, and pet their eagles. Yeah, I just uh, don't even get me started. They just showed like a whole montage of Giuliani in the last in two days before. He tested positive, hugging everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wasn't he farting, right too? Yes. Didn't he fart? He, yes. He's gross. He's got stuff rolling down his cheeks. He's just... Oh, he's Did awful. you see Saturday Night Live? Yeah. I saw this morning the lady, the what's her name, who plays the cra- Janine yeah. Pirro. She was playing the crazy lady up in the blonde. Yes. That yeah. was pretty funny. Yeah. The only problem is... It's not as funny as the reality. No, it's, you can't be funnier than the reality. <laughs> Hello. The Cyclones had 15,000 on Saturday. That's what I yeah. thought. I thought it was just, yeah, just this past. So, yeah, we won't know the full effects of if that's going to cause anything. What, but two, three they weeks? They didn't their game before that? I didn't think they did the game before, but I could be wrong. Uh, they stopped for a little bit. They did earlier in the season, and then they stopped. They yeah, that's right. That's so, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, chances are maybe it won't lead to anything, but I – I just, I mean, I think you're taking a risk, and I think Iowa, well, Iowa's doing what the Big Ten says, and the Big right. Ten's not allowing you to do that. They're allowing. They're going to let them in uh, for the Big 12 championship game down in Texas, too. They are or they aren't? They are. Both teams are going to have a uh, certain amount. And, and have it add up to, like, 15,000? I think so, yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, if you give them both 15, next thing you know, you got 30,000 in a stadium. Then, yeah. I mean, and. But I, well, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go either. Uh-uh. Well, it's also getting into the stadium. I mean, if people make that decision to go, the you know they they get to make that decision. I'm not going to. I, the, I'm not going to do it. I'm not driving to Sioux Falls for the Pentagon. I'm not. No. I'm, I mean, you don't have any access to the play. I get why some it's a, a big petri dish. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not driving. I'll watch that game on TV, and then I'll do all the Zoom stuff afterwards. So, it'll, other than just sitting in a press box seat in the arena, there's no difference right now. Yeah. I mean, I sit over there at Carver Hawkeye, and I'm yeah, I'm there. And I guess if something happened right in front of me that if I'm at home, I may not be able to see. But for the most part, there's really not a big benefit from being at the game. Now I'm there though because I appreciate getting the credential, and I, and you know, we'll be at these games. I'll be there tomorrow. Tyler will be there Friday. I feel like if they're going to give us a credential, we need to use it. But 
I don't think I benefit a great deal from being there yeah. under these circumstances. You yeah. don't have access to anybody. Mm-hmm. And you're next to people, you know? I mean... No, I, I would be uncomfortable. So, yeah, but I will be over there tomorrow. I mean, it, it's just going to be so weird to see North Carolina coming in here in an empty gymnasium. Yeah. It's just say. surreal. I mean, you couldn't... And then Iowa State on Saturday. Is that Saturday? Or? I think it's Saturday, isn't it? I think it Look is. Look, is it Saturday? Uh, actually, my uh, date is a blank. <laughs> here, look. I should know this off the top of my head. But Western Illinois was a blank, and Iowa State is a blank. So I need to reprint this schedule. Are you looking it up, Captain? Yeah. And Northern Illinois is the 13th. That's the 13th. Iowa State is the 8th. Or no, North Carolina is no, the 8th. Carolina's the North Carolina is the 8th. Iowa State is... Um, Are they 11th? The 11th. Isn't that Friday? Yes. Yeah, Iowa State is Friday. It's the it night was, before. Yeah, it's the 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock on Friday. Yeah. Oh, sure, because the football game is Saturday. Well, yeah, that, that's why yeah. when you said Saturday, I'm not... I'm, but yeah, it's, and that's why Tyler volunteered to do it, because i got to come in here early. Set. I mean, 8 o'clock, that game's not going to go over until 10, 15. It's BTN. It's going to be a midnight, 1230 exit from Carver-Hawkeye Arena. Iowa State's B- BTN? Yeah. But yeah, I've watched a little bit and of that's Iowa. Eight o'clock Friday. Eight o'clock. Friday. I watched a little bit of their act the other day, and they do not look good at all. They just, Iowa State, no, terrible. No, they just don't have any frontline presence, and I didn't even the foster kid didn't even play while I was. He watching. played the last few minutes, the, maybe. The foster kid. He's, yeah, he's not doing. Xavier much. Foster, I, should, I forgot his. He's first not name. doing much anything. Yeah, and um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, because Steve Prone better win. I mean, he's. If they have a really bad year this year after last year, he could year, be the, in trouble. He could be in trouble. Yeah. I mean, the pressure is going to really start mounting on him if he doesn't start um, correcting this stuff. They're just not playing very good basketball right now, and he hasn't. I don't think he's really recruited that well. They're just disjointed, and he hasn't. He's got a lot of transfers. He's got transfers in there, and I, I'm, I don't know. I watched Minnesota the other night, and I was they they didn't look bad. They they've got a couple transfers, and they do. They're, they're going to. There aren't going to be any easy no. outs in the Big Ten. They this were year. better than I thought. If they can keep Leon Robbins healthy, and this, they've got this other transfer who kind of reminded me of Peter Jock the way he played. And then of course they got Marcus Carr, who might be the best point guard in the Big Ten. They've they've got some pieces. Didn't they just blow somebody out like ninety nine to sixty six? Yeah, and then they got a transfer from Western Michigan who averaged like thirteen and seven at Western Michigan. His name is Johnson, I believe. They, I was impressed. I don't, no, don't get me wrong. I don't think Minnesota's going to contend for any conference no. title. But I do think they could be a tough out at home if you don't play well. Definitely. Yeah, and, without uh, question. So Purdue played. Not, not impressed. Not very impressed. That 7-4 kid is eventually going to be pretty good, I he's think. He's got some skills. He moves well. He does. He, he's got some skills. He's not as good as Isaac Haas was when he first mm-hmm. arrived on campus. But I think he moves a little better than Isaac Haas. He does. And he hasn't played much basketball. I was listening to him talk about his past, and he's, he's still relatively new. But I considering was imp- he hasn't played much, no, he's pretty smooth. I was impressed with his skill set. Yeah, so yeah, he was, it'll be interesting. But no, I don't think Purdue is a contender. I saw, no. I saw Penn State just fall apart against they did. Temple. Um, not Temple. Um, who was it? I, um, God, I, just wa- I just watched I it. didn't see that one. Um, and they just, um, maybe it was Temple. And they just fell apart. They were leading, and they did the classic Penn State choke job at the end. And I, forgot, I forgot Chambers isn't even their coach right now. Remember, he got he resigned. Oh, right. So yeah, I, Penn State's another one. I don't see them. It's I mean the Big Ten is loaded, but not every team in the Big Ten is good. And Michigan uh, looks decent. They look decent. They got some experience. I mean Eli Brooks is still there. They've got some decent pieces. Okay, do you want COVID? Oh, sure. Numbers? Okay. The numbers. Not, no, I'd rather not have not COVID. the disease. No. 
Uh, keep in mind that a lot of the testing sites are closed on the weekend. So um, this is like from 40% of them. Uh, 913 new cases, 35 more deaths for a weekend. Uh, numbers, that's pretty damn high for deaths. Okay, so the number, the first number is lower. Well, it's lower because By quite they're, a bit. Not, yeah, yeah. they're not testing. And, but the deaths are that's not good. high for yeah. a weekend. Yeah. Hi. Hey, Tom. Um, yep. I think the 99 to 66 score you're thinking of is Drake women beat Minnesota women. Oh, thank last you. Last night by that score. Thank you. I I got confused. Wow. Thanks. What's that say about the Minnesota women? I know yeah, Drake's no good. Problem. Thank you. Wow. And the well, Iowa women said something about the Iowa women the Iowa beating women, Drake. Too. Iowa women had a nice win against Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And uh, Monica Cezano, um had a big game. And I think I Caitlin saw, Clark was a little off, and but still she had still 23. got 23. Yeah, yeah, she's a little off and still gets 23. That's just how good she is. So I mean, Lisa looks like if they can keep everyone healthy, that they have a chance to have another really good team. Yeah, I mean, Lisa's, re- Lisa's got it rolling. And now wrestling I've been, is gonna, supposedly going to start in January. Yep, with a conference only. Conference only. So, I mean, that's hopefully that happens. I mean, like I said, I think December is going to be pretty telling on a lot of stuff. But obviously they're doing something right over at the university because – they you're not are. losing many. You're not losing athletes to COVID right now. I mean, when I say lose, I'm talking about playing wise. I mean, they're, they're the rosters are pretty much staying intact. They are, and uh, let's cross our fingers and hope they hope they keep it, keep yeah. going. Yeah, no, I I agree. And um, God, it's amazing. To th- this is 79 year anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Next yeah. year will be 80, yeah. right? Yeah, day that will live in infamy. 79 years. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember when World War One was 79 years ago. So probably no, we probably don't have a lot of World War Two veterans listening. Probably not. There's not that many left. Um. Well. So they would have had to. Uh, what? Well, my dad was right on the. He, my dad was born in 26, so he was. My dad just missed World War Two. He was a senior in high school when it ended, and he'd be 94, right? You know. So yeah, most of the. They'd most have to of be in their upper nineties. Most of the veterans are gone. Yeah. God rest their souls. I mean, they saved our country from Hitler mm-hmm. and fascism and Mussolini and all those freaks over there, and they're heroes. But yeah, 79, 79 years. That's amazing to think it's been that long. I was just starting out. Yeah, that was your first year in radio. What wasn't station it? were you at in forty one? <laughs> you were in Muscatine, weren't you? W A R R. Doing your stuff in your diapers, <laughs> Captain Soil. That was you. That's what your name was out of the gate, wasn't it? You always have to go back. Uh, yep, body <laughs> body functions. Finished off Fargo over the weekend. Yeah, it was uh, time well spent. Hi, Tommy. Car, car, car used to call into Tokyo Rose back then. We were alone. I love So you're talking about Fargo the series? Yes, and it was very good. Very good. I've never watched the series. I watched the movie a couple of times. I watched NCIS LA and I went to Facebook to see Linda Hunt, you know who Linda Hunt yes. is. Yeah? Okay. She's seventy six. She just had a terrible auto accident like two years ago that took her a long time to recover and she's seventy six. So she did all of her bits. 
you know, on one day, and they're going to fit them into the. But she, you know, didn't do that. Many people are going. Why isn't she on the show regularly? And someone points out, well, COVID that she's susceptible. Ah, oh, a bunch of liberals make that show. <laughs> I mean, honest to God. Yeah, I'm. I'm so it's sick so, of the. It's just so. The politics behind COVID. I mean, come on, it's. Not a political thing. No. Now, I will annoying. say, I, Captain, I'm, I'll be curious to you. I don't think it's great for the mayor of Austin, Texas, to issue a shutdown, and then he no. issues it from Cabo. No. That's no. hypocritical. Well, it's the same thing with, with Gavin the, Newsom. With the Newsom. They're hypocrites. Yeah. So many of the Democrats are hypocrites. Oh, they're all hypocrites. And I just Every- get sick of it, though. And they give this, this image that they think they know more than you do. And that's where some people get offended. Am I yeah. fair to say that? Yeah, mm-hmm. because that's... And you guys, yeah, you, I give you guys yeah. credit. You do, you're not just blind liberals. Or what was the thing last night? Um, what was she kept calling him? I watched a little oh, bit of that. Uh, see, uh, Are we for radical, sure radical, liberal? Radical liberal agenda. Yeah. Are we for sure she's human? No, she is, is. Who are you talking about? Kelly Leffler. Uh, it was Kelly one of the Leffler, creepiest things. It was uh, like was running for Senate in in Georgia, debating this uh, reverend who's. And I didn't. Wasn't, I wasn't overly impressed with him either. I thought he skirted a lot of issues. Is it the black reverend yeah. R- Raphael yeah. Warnock? Yeah. I thought yeah. he skirted a lot of the issues. He didn't answer a couple of her questions about packing but the court. But she doesn't change her facial expression. No, she's a robot. She's, she is. She's like a robot. She reminds me if they made an, a robot of Ann Coulter. It would come oh, out as Kelly. Yeah. It was really strange. Only not as warm. I watched like 15 minutes of it, and I'm like, I can't take this. Hello. You know, five years ago, there was a major snowstorm before one of the late games of that undefeated regular season where we just got snow all night, and they cleaned off the field overnight constantly. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget sitting at that game and just about five seats down, there was a, you know, we're bundled up, three layers of everything on. There's an old guy sitting there. And he's got a World War II vet hat, a visor on, one of those that that, that yep. have air going in the back. Mm-hmm. Not a not a heavy coat, doesn't cover in his ears. And his grand his grandson kept trying to put a co- uh, blanket on him, and he kept shoving it off. <laughs> that tough old bird just sat sat through that frigid game with all that snow and didn't even phase him. He's seen worse. Yeah, that was the Purdue game. <laughs> And that's what we needed to win the yeah. war. Yep. Tough guys like that. That's yep. right. Yep. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for the story. But no, that's what we needed. That that toughness won the won the war for us. And yeah, so seventy nine years. Yeah. And I, I will say I'm not gonna watch the movie Pearl Harbor in honor. I will not do that. No. Because I didn't like that. That is an awful movie. It wasn't good. It was not good. It just was it just was not good. Because yeah, well, to me, Pearl weaved Har- that love story into it. No, I didn't need it at all. Sucked. And then you know, Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett ended up with the same. It was just yeah, it was stupid. It I'd rather watch Tora, Tora, Tora. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I remember when I watched that for like a week afterwards. I screamed it into where my parents finally were like, "Enough!" I just was because didn't they scream Tora, Tora, Tora when they were dropping the bombs? Okay. What does that stand for? What does that I mean? Can't remember. Well, at KGYM, it stands for please call. <laughs> Tora, I can't remember. Tora, 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 Tora. I yelled it. Because that movie came out when I was like seven or eight years old. People have told me I'm being lax. <laughs> Are we making someone wait through this? Yeah. Jeez. Hello. It's Steve calling. Hey, hey Steve. Steve. Hey, first of all, I just think um, Phil Parker, this has got to be his, one of his best years because you look at the amount of players we lost on the line. I, I've always been a big fan, but I think this is one of his better years. I agree. Reason. Yep. I agree. Great adjustments on Saturday. I mean, you look at the what we lost on the line. But the other thing I was going to say, I found something interesting. You look at the running back for Iowa State, 
I, I found out who the running back coach was. I don't know his name, but he came from Northwestern. He was their former coordinator, their offensive coordinator, is now at Iowa State running back coach. Yeah, I don't know. I was not aware of that. I don't know that. what his name is, but, you know, he's been around a long time. He did a pretty good job mm-hmm. against Iowa as far as running, but he's he's the coordinator, but he's now, he's not, obviously, he's been doing it for a long time, I guess, for Northwestern. I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, Brees Hall is as good of a running back as there is in yeah. America right and now. Iowa tried to recruit him. Yeah. And they offered him. But I'd like to see us play him. I think it'd be a great game. I, mean, I do, too. I just think. If it, this is the time to do it when we didn't play him you know, I agree. this year anyway. Nick McCall is his name. Right. Okay. No, I agree with you, Steve, but a lot of people don't agree, including the parents of some of the Iowa players who reached out to me on Twitter yesterday. They don't but I, want... I'm one that I agree with you guys when you talk about count. <laughs> we should say because that just makes us better. I, yeah. I, I don't. I just think that, to me, I think it just makes you better. I just think I have no problem with him staying whatsoever. I, th- I think he's going to stay, That's, but I just think it just makes us better. I don't, I don't, I'm not one of those that think he should leave at all. I just think it benefits us if they're better. That's I agree. my opinion. I'll, Thanks, guys. I'll take the other end of things, but it's just me. Because you're afraid of competition. I wouldn't say that. I just think uh, Iowa has to. Iowa wraps up the best players in the state, and I think if Iowa State remains at the level they're at, that that pendulum will. will oh, it's set. already. They don't, Iowa doesn't dominate in-state yeah. recruiting like it used to. No, it doesn't. I mean, back, I remember when Bill Marshall was the first Iowa State. Commit first guy to commit to Iowa State under Dan McCarney. We talked to Dan about that, who had an offer from Iowa. That was back in the early to mid nineties. Mm-hmm. It's just never now. It's not that unusual. Hello. It's- hey. Tor 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 means tiger tiger tiger. Okay. 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 Answer your question. Well, All right. Why were they yelling that? As I don't know. I guess I was wrong. What'd you say? <laughs> I said. It uh, meant uh, please, please call. call. Oh, please call KGYM. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I um um. Why would you yell Tiger Tiger Tiger? Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it, but we don't get it. We just don't know. Seventy nine years ago, that's yeah, it's amazing. And I'll I, I I get every time I hear FDR's speech. I mean, it just it it gets me. I mean, it's just that. He was so presidential during those mm-hmm. moments. I mean, it's what we needed. Yep. And that speech, I, that speech, it never gets old. I can listen to it every time. Tor, 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 simply the word tiger repeated three times for radio clarity. Oh. The meaning of which was a pre-established code to announce that surprise was achieved. Ah. Because that was a good okay. movie. I remember. Yes, what, it was. I remember. That was a good movie. Mid The original Midway. Now there's a new. Have you seen the new Midway out? Uh, it's on HBO now. It's not bad. It's, I don't think so. But there is a new Midway out now. You, you, I, I saw the one 1917. Yeah, that was, was real good. The, class, the, the, the classic Midway one. But yeah, there is this new Midway one that's out. Have you seen 1917? Yeah, I just said. I watched, we saw I have not seen 19. It's on, it's on Cinemax. I don't have that. It hasn't got Yeah, it was, it was good. That was good. That's about yeah. the two British soldiers who uh-huh. have to go. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I would like to see. I would, I would I like that. to see that one. Yeah, it was good. You yeah. know, I saw a good Christmas movie. And I've seen it a few times, and I don't know, have you seen this movie called Prancer? No. It's a good Christmas movie for kids. Sam Elliott's in it. He basically is kind of a down-and-out, kind of a poor guy, single parent, kind of living in a small Michigan town. And Santa loses Prancer. Somehow, Prancer, the the actual reindeer for Santa, Mm -hmm. gets lost in the woods, and this little girl 
helps him recover and what it's a really i mean it's a oh. it's a really good movie if you want a good christmas movie yeah, that's, I like Christmas that's movies. That's my PSA today. I mean, we're getting into that Christmas I like time. Christmas movies. It came out in 1989, and Sam Elliott even looked old back then. And that was 31 years ago. He's great. He's went from he being, he went, didn't he go from looking like he was 18 to like 60, though? And, <laughs> and he's never aged since then? Yeah. Sort of? <laughs> I guess. But no, I'm just starting to get into I like watching Christmas. I mean, I haven't watched It's a Wonderful Life yet. I'll watch that at least once. And But Prancer, if you're looking for just an out-of-a-box Christmas movie that you haven't seen, it's the reason I say that it's on H. It's been playing on H or or show one of those stations that I have. I've seen it a couple of times, and it's a good movie. You and Ann should watch it right after you watch White Boy Rick. We'll do that, and then we'll both scream, "Tiger, Tiger, Tiger!" Is White Boy Rick? Is there any way you could make White Boy Rick a Christmas movie? I don't know. Sure. I haven't seen it. Sure. Just put a Santa hat on him. There yeah. you go. Yeah, with drugs. <laughs> with with with. He's Santa, so you know, Anthony and I got into it. With this, he loved the movie Bad Santa, and I. See, I didn't think that was. was good. I, didn't, I didn't like. I, I didn't that was like the stupid. premise. I didn't. Is like that with what's his name, yeah. Billy Bob? Yes. That yeah. Was terrible. Yeah, I, I didn't it was like it. Terrible. Uh-uh. It's just stupid. I mean, really, did not like. No. Shakes the clown was on the other night, <laughs> and I admit I watched like a half an hour of it. You saw where Squiggy died. Yeah, I did. Yeah. It's too bad. I didn't like those characters. I thought they were. I didn't either. I thought they were just ridiculous. But I didn't wish death on him. No, I didn't wish death on him. But, and obviously some people liked him, but they just yes. never made me laugh. I agree with you. Completely. Just like the Flintstones never made you laugh? And never. And Lenny and Squiggy one. never made me and laugh. In the comic strip, Nancy, I read it for 40 years and never cracked a smile. And you're going to think I'm crazy on this you one. You like Sluggo? You're, no. You're going to think I'm crazy on this one. No. Robin Williams never made me laugh. Really? I just, I just, I just, it just didn't work for me. Yeah, I loved, I thought he was a great actor. I thought I, he was great. Great in a lot of movies, yeah. but his stand-up just never worked for me. I just thought he worked. It was too, too manic. It was just too much. Yeah. But he was a great actor. A great actor. And I liked both, yeah. both things. Yeah, I just couldn't. Well, I like, I liked Robin Williams. Oh, I did too. I, mean, I just, I just. Sometimes did. it would get well, to enough. be too much. His stand-up much. just didn't work yeah. for me. Hello. Yeah. Oh, patience. Hello. Captain, didn't you guys get to have your little Christmas party and go to the Bad Santa movie in the theaters? Jesus, I don't remember. I know we went to the Bad Santa movie together, but I don't. Wasn't it really just really vulgar and nasty? Yeah, yes. it was ridiculous. It was, you know, I don't, I don't. I mean, Anthony liked that kind of stuff. Well, he was vulgar and nasty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sometimes so he could be. <laughs> I mean, those are two words that I think accurately describe him. He called you a pussy. Yep. <laughs> then I was going to confront him at your Christmas party, and then I, nope, I'm not going to be going there. <laughs> you pussied out. I pussied out. Hello? Have you guys talked about Pat Fitzgerald with the Bears? No. We have not. Um, that's one. That's CBS about. did a story on that. Yeah, I saw that, and that's about the only job that I think he might consider, but I still don't think he will. But that would be one, because remember, Green Bay wanted to talk to him, and I don't believe he even really extended a chance to talk. But I think the Bears, they're saying, the CBS article said the Bears' job is the one that he might at least entertain. Consider. He's making $5 million a year at Northwestern. If he wins seven or eight games there, he's a legend. He goes to the Bears. If he, does, if he has two losing seasons in three years, he's gone. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Would you like to see him leave Northwestern? Get yes, him out of there? Absolutely. You want Campbell and Fitzgerald uh, out, right? Absolutely. And you'd like Ohio State to leave the conference, right? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Wisconsin, for that matter, right? Oh, I hate Wisconsin. 
But no, we have I seen. I was going to be. Uh, I think I was going to beat Wisconsin on Saturday. I do. Um, I do too. Hey, one other thing, Pat, and and I don't want to get into a huge uh, debate on this, but the Cordell Pemsel situation still sort of surprises me that he transferred. And I again, I'm not. He I wants don't to play know him personally, and I. But he's not starting. What? Honestly. Is he, he start- wants to play. Well, but- well, I know, but he's not getting seven. He's getting no. seven to ten minutes yeah. a game at Virginia Tech. Now That's he did right. have one really nice game a few games ago where mm-hmm. he, I think, he played fifteen minutes and he, he was a factor. But like he's playing Virginia Military Institute and barely getting on the floor. And I'm just surprised. You know, he seemed really close with Bohannon. He seemed really close with Garza. Maybe I, again, this is just my outsider perspective. No, I can see why. Yeah, I, I don't just, know. I don't know why. I don't know. I, I could... think he would have been getting some playing time here. This year, some. Well, I he'd mean, be getting more than minutes, five to maybe. seven minutes a game. He'd be, he, Do you think he'd get more than Jack mean. Nunchi is? I think he would be getting and Patrick. I think he'd be getting at least ten minutes a game. Yeah, and if and, and I did notice one box score down there. He played like five minutes. I mean, I, so yeah, yeah, yeah not, I don't know. He's I, not on the and he looks. I don't know if you've seen him at all, Pat. Like actually on the floor, I have not. He's really. He looks even thinner than he did last year. He looks like a totally different player. Well, he's done that now, a couple times. He's lost weight before, remember? Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't – I'm sure playing time was part of it, but it is weird that he went somewhere where he's probably getting even less playing time now. That's It is kind of weird. Maybe he thought he's he was going to get more. Yeah, so who knows? Yeah, he's getting less playing time, and he left – again, like I said, my, my perspective, he left a team where he you know, he grew up here, and this is the year where Iowa could be – and I'm not – again, it's a long shot, but Iowa could win a national title for the first time in – History. Well, North you know, Carolina's a game tomorrow. A bit odd to me. Tomorrow's a game where he would have probably played some because they matchups are a big part of it. And I think against North yeah, Carolina, you might see, Iowa might have to play bigger, and you may not see Bohannon and Frederick in there a lot together. Because so, but yeah, it, it. I don't know. Cordell never he never really explained to any of us. Do you why. think that there's a possibility that Fran said, "Look, Cordell, I love you. Hope you stay, but there's not going to be much playing time for you." Yeah, I you don't think know. He would be honest like that. Oh, I'm sure he would be honest, but I think there's gonna. I think there'd be a little bit more playing time than you're giving. I mean, Cordell, when healthy, played decent amount of minutes, so I don't think he would just have been dumped, buried on this bench. I mean, I mean, Keegan Murray's playing some few minutes, and I don't think he would be ahead of a fifth-year senior Cordell Pemsel is what I'm saying. I think Cordell, and that, that's possible too. But we don't know that Keegan's going to be getting much playing time when. But the, yeah, the I just don't. I just think. Cordell would be getting some minutes at Iowa. It's not like he would just be wasting away Wouldn't on the bench. Wouldn't be zero. He never wasted away on the bench when he was healthy. He would be playing some, but I think he thought maybe he was going to play a bigger role down there, but maybe he just hasn't played well. I don't know. Well, and I think maybe the, the DUI and just the problems off the court, maybe he just wanted a fresh that could start be. for a year. I yeah. don't know. That could be. Um, but I will say this. Haven't there been years, Pat, where, and I don't want to jump to conclusions that this is what happened with these guys, but Riley Till... Dale Jones, a few of these guys that had eligibility, and I didn't. We kind of get the feeling at that point in time that Fran basically told him, "Hey, we just we're not going to take you well, back." Well, Dale Jones, I mean, I'm not saying they could. Dale Jones, they gave him two years. They just wanted to use the scholarship for someone else after his two years were up, and they told him you can go somewhere else to play. They weren't booting him out, but they weren't basically rolling out the red carpet and saying stay. It's and Riley Till's been playing real well at Cal Poly. Yeah, and Riley. Yeah, Riley. Yeah, Till. and Dale, Dale Jones. I think Dale Jones played really well when he transferred at North Dakota. I mean, he was. I think he played better than. I mean, because you know that was the time period where. You know, we lost Ellingson, Wagner. I mean, Riley Till would uh, not be playing much on this team, no. and he knew that. And, and nope. he, 
he wanted to go somewhere and play, and I think he also wanted to go somewhere and advance his academics. And be out near his sister. He's out in Cal Poly. It's beautiful out there. But, yeah, no, there's times where – but Iowa gave Dale Jones two years, and to me that's all they really needed to. I mean, he had injuries, unfortunately, and I think Fran helped him find another place. I think it was a mutual agreement. All right, thanks for taking my call. Thanks Greg. for the call. Yep. We appreciate it. But no, I did look at a box score and Penzel played seven minutes. I thought that I, I strange in the game where he had his breakout game, he played like fifty. My guess is if he was at Iowa, he'd be playing somewhere between like nine and thirteen minutes a game, which is not a lot, but that's what he's playing down there. And so, okay, uh, Terry Gracie in the chat room says to you, Pat. Sam Elliott may look old and be old, but he still wipes the floor with you. Wow. In a fight? He's got me fighting Sam Stay Elliott? Stay in your lane, oh. Gracie. <laughs> How old is Sam Elliott now? I, I I would maybe, he's like 80, isn't he? I think I'd fight him. Just look up his age. I want to make isn't sure he's he a... married to Catherine Ross? Yeah, I think is they Is he close to are. 80? Sam. If he's close to 80, I'll fight him. Sam Elliott. We'll f- do it for charity. 76. Okay. If I can't handle a That's 70 close to 80. If I can't handle a 76-year-old Sam Elliott, then what the hell? What's, what's the point in going on? What's the point in going we'll on? Call so, him. So tell that who's that person Arrange in the it. chat room? Terry Gracie. You we'll raise him. some money for table to table. There you go. You, you tell Terry to uh nah, never mind. <laughs> What the hell what kind of comment? <laughs> what the hell? Well, Suter, you said we had time you know, to... No, honest to God, social media again. It's... What the hell? I'll tell you what. Though, you that... like Sam Elliott. You weren't like dissing no, him. No, I wasn't dissing him. I think, yeah, he's, yeah, I mean, he was reached his pinnacle in Roadhouse. I mean, that was legendary, his performance in Roadhouse. He was great in uh, exactly. Ashton Kutcher's The Ranch series on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Really, really good. Exactly right. You've seen yeah. Roadhouse, haven't you, Suter? I don't know. Captain, have you seen Roadhouse? Yeah. I have twice. I don't know. And I, I don't usually not. watch movies. Do, do Tom and Ann need to watch that one too, Captain? Roadhouse is a good movie. You, you need look. to watch Roadhouse, You'd White like Boy, that. Rick, and Prancer. Get those on your to-do list. Pass, pass, pass. Those are all three good movies. <laughs> and then on uh, Pornhub, Prancer gets neutered. <laughs> you need to watch that one. <laughs> Should we end on that Thanks. one? It's 1045. We can't get a lot lower than that. <laughs> oh, sure no we Prancer could. gets neutered. Oh, sure we could. <laughs> no, Prancer, it, it actually ends, it ends happy. It ends Prancer getting neutered is happy? No, that's a, you can't have a Christmas movie. Like, I mean, what's the point in having like a movie of, about a dog that ends not happy? Don't they have to end happy? Or I won't watch it. I mean, my my no. dog Skip ends unhappy, but he at least you know. Well, he, he lived a long. He died life. of old age. Yeah, he died know? at all. It's not like old Yeller, which. But that's why that movie that uh, with Will Smith, I Am Legend. He, I hated that movie because they had the dog get killed by those rabid dogs. Yeah, and then uh, what about the Marley and Me? Oh, I shouldn't. I that no, I'm I made, done done with a dying dog. Movies. I made it halfway through yeah. that thing. And plus, I didn't really like the movie that much. No. I didn't think there was any chemistry between What's-His-Name and Jennifer Aniston. It just no. didn't work for me. I thought it was about And I knew reggae. he was going to die. You thought it was about uh, reggae. reggae music? Yeah. <laughs> but, and then you knew at the end that the dog ultimately was going to die, and I just didn't want to watch the build-up yeah, to a did, dog die. Yeah, I'm not I'm watching that crap. I don't like movies like that. Yeah. So, no. I so told Prance, you about... Prancer doesn't die. Prancher does not die. And he isn't incarcerated. Well, he is incarcerated. He isn't jailed. Yeah, he's put in a cage. And Trump had nothing to do with it. It was the people in Michigan. They put him in a cage. 
but Trump liked it. <laughs> but um, but no, it's just a good feel-good Christmas movie that it, I just it comes on every year, and I I remember sitting down and watching it, and I just couldn't turn it off. And then I watched it again the other day from start to finish. I'm like, you know, it's about an hour and forty-five minutes long. It's not real long, and Sam Elliott's really good in it. No, he's good. I mean, is Prancer uh, real or uh, CGI? No, it's a no, it's a real, it's a real. It's not like that Harrison Ford thing. I've watched a little bit of that <laughs> the again. Fake dog. That thing is just. What what was the point in him doing that movie? I don't know. Money. <laughs> yeah, he's probably. eighty. Yeah, he's eighty, and he wants. He doesn't money. need. He's got on Medicare now. He doesn't need twenty. Oh, he's only got to pay for twenty percent of his medical stuff now, doesn't he? Yeah. He doesn't need money. I just thought that was an odd movie for him to be doing, but it just didn't work for me. Well, Wednesday morning we'll be able to talk about hopefully a big Hawkeye victory over. Uh, and then we'll have to talk the storied Tar Heels. And we'll have to talk about football because we, we don't have a show on Friday, remember? Terry right? Gracie says I'm rebel rousing. That's what Aunt B you called. Are? That's what Aunt that's B what called Barney when he ran yeah. for sheriff. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Call him a rebel rouser. Remember when Barney brought up the seventy-six cases of malfeasance against Andy? <laughs> yeah. She called him a rebel rouser. What's wrong? with I'm just saying that's what she called. And, and then at one point when he was reading off, she yells, fiddle faddle. Do you understand? Do you, there's somebody watching him watch TV taking the ratings, okay? Every time he goes to these channels and they got to be mm-hmm. going, what the hell is – he goes from TV land to white boy Rick. My nephew just tra- tweeted white boy Rich. White boy Rick was absolute trash. So that's an endorsement that it's a good movie because my nephew is clueless. He doesn't know what he's talking about. So there you go. Well, I'm with your nephew. You haven't seen it. I'm no, You haven't, haven't seen it. I, I think, think you, he's spot on. You can't judge it before you see I it. I can. And I think oh, – We're yeah. judging the North Carolina game before we see it. No, I haven't. I I haven't. I don't have a feeling. Either. I I think Iowa's going to win, but like I said, I would not be surprised if Iowa lost at all. Would you be surprised if Iowa lost? Nope. Because I mean, I, yes, Iowa's good. Don't get me wrong; they're ranked high, but still, these guys on this team still haven't really done much at an elite no, level. No, they haven't. And we got to show that if Luca doesn't put up thirty-five points, that we can win against a quality team. We don't know that. I always won. We're I, do was, that. I always lost 19 Big Ten games over the last two seasons. Yeah, that's a lot of games. It's a lot of games. They've been around a 500 Big Ten team, so I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I think this team has a chance to be really good, but I think there's also going to be some pitfalls this year. Sure, of course they are. We're not. It's not like we're going to win every game. I'm just interested to see what Jack Nunji's going to do when they double team Luca with two future NBA frontline players. Because North Carolina's got um, that the Bacot guy, B A C O T. Mm-hmm. He'll be the. He's the highest NBA prospect in that game i mean he'll probably be a first round pick he's only a freshman this year it's gonna this is gonna be interesting to see how luca handles it and if jack nunji can help luca if they just double team because jack's 611 i mean he may have some chances that's one of the things i'm really interested to look at and we'll see how if north carolina pressures the ball see how iowa handles that it's just it's just too bad that North Carolina is not going to have to fight off fans because it is this that arena would be packed tomorrow night. Under it would be packed and it would be rocking. It would be rocking tomorrow, and it's just unfortunate. I'm sure North Carolina's they probably feel fortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Carver Hawkeye mm-hmm. Arena has a lot of flaws, but when it's working, it works. It does. So should we end on that? Let's end on that. Hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. It is free.